There you go. Well, this morning, um, my uh, New Year's, I know it's not the New Year, but it is coming this, this week. Throw out the stuff. <laughs> Throw out the stuff. Now, may, and I, the, first tire, the first title I had I sent to Terry was, Throw out the old stuff. And, you know, I was thinking, well, old stuff. Some of the old stuff is, has value, all right? But throw out the stuff is the stuff that doesn't have value to you anymore, all right? It's, it's of no value to you. Now, if you received presents this past holiday, Christmas, do you, they, how many of them were wrapped? Do, do you, do, how many unwrapped a gift? All right? How many of you had boxes that those gifts came in? Okay, did you save all of them? <laughs> you did, okay. Re, re, so we're going to reuse the paper next year. <laughs> now the boxes, you know, all this. Yeah, the foam, styrofoam, you know. Throw out the stuff. You know, you go through your house and you don't. I have, um, I have a relative uh, who is a hoarder, okay. And, uh, I mean, he's a genuine bona fide hoarder. You know, it's, you know, you don't have to test him. You just have to walk into his house. And um, you walk into his house, and there's a path. One goes over to the table, and there's a chair, and there's enough room for him to eat on. And underneath the table is full of stuff. The table is full of stuff to the ceiling. There is stuff to the left. There's stuff to the left of me, stuff to the right of me, stuff everywhere. <laughs> Clear to the ceiling, and, you know, the whole way through the house. He's a hoarder. <laughs> so throw out the stuff. There are, and, and, you know, the, some of the things he has is plastic containers. You know, like gallon containers. You never know when you need a gallon container, except you got about 40 of them stacked up there. <laughs> throw out the stuff. Well, uh, if we think about uh, the gifting, the gifts that we have, and how that we have received many things, we, we are very blessed. Now, whether we gave something or not, gave one thing or gave a hundred things, it, it, it received one thing or received a hundred things, the idea is there are, there are things in our life. So what are we going to do with the new thing or things that we got? Are we going to make room for them and keep everything else, or are we going to take away some of the things that we've been given and some of the things that, you know, been out of date and, you know, some of the things will come back in style before we throw them out. So we have, um, we have, I have other relatives that are, you know, they specialize in OCD, you know. The underwear is folded a certain way, you know, in the drawers. The drawers only have so many sets of underwear. If you buy a new underwear, you throw one out. If you buy a toy, you get rid of a toy. You know, everything is in its place, and there's only room for certain things. And that's how their life is. And if you give them something, something has to go. <laughs> you know, it's just stuff. So they're, they're how, my, my, I had an aunt that was kind of that way also. So, I mean, there's just people that, you know, they don't have, be, they don't have a lot of things because they got rid of everything, you know, so... So which are we? Are we the, the hoarders or the tossers? Are we the OCDers that have only a couple of things and everything is in its place and, you know, the whole house is organized and don't you dare 
mess it up. Every hanger has to be hung a certain direction. And color coordinated. You know, you've been there, huh? You know people like this. Well, whatever one we are, whichever one we are, there are, there are things in our life that we need to let go of. And the, and the challenge is that we are regifting. We're not throwing away. There are people who need what you have. So in, in some ways, it, it's reminding us of the, the, uh, the, the guy that uh, Jesus calls him a fool because his barns are full. And what does he do? He, he t- he's going to say, I'm going to I got such an abundant harvest, I'm going to tear down my barns and build bigger barns so I can keep all my stuff. Do you ever notice that those sheds where they rent the space, they're, they're all over the place? They're full of stuff that won't fit in the house. <laughs> and people have made big business out of keeping other people's stuff. And then, you know, then there's their shows now. You see, what are they called? Storage wars, you know? We'll cut the lock off of there and open the door and you can look in and now you can bid on the stuff that people put in there and haven't touched. Things that people have put away for a time later in their life that they will need them. (laughs) And the later time in their life is such that they even forgot to pay the bill on all that stuff and if somebody else is going to get it. See, the challenge is that we should be in charge of our life, in charge of the stuff that we receive. Well, you can't give me in touch of all the stuff that comes into your life, but the things that we do with what we have in our possession. So we are challenged by them, and and the challenge is for us to reinvest or to share those blessings, share those talents with other people, to share them with individuals who are in need. So, (laughs) re-gifting. How many of you got presents that you're going to (laughs) re-gift? You know, those are the things like the... uh, the uh, doll with the clock in the belly where the belly ought to be, that's one of those songs, the, ten, the 12 days of Christmas that <laughs> he talks about, uh, you know, well, all the, got all the wrong things. He, he, he got a transistor radio made in Japan, has holes in the leather case. How many remember those? <laughs> remember those little leather, those little transistor, ra- you little kids don't remember that. <laughs> you're under 40 uh, but anyhow, <laughs> you know when we were kids well anyhow there are, there are all those things that people receive and you know we re-gift them so in the new year um, the new year is now stretched out it's funny how that we uh, celebrate the new year okay um, it's like it's our way of saying old is gone new has come you know, everything's new and we start all over again. It's a new beginning. Well, Christ is the only one who makes all things new. <laughs> no matter how many times we declare, you know, this is, almost, this is my 69th year. <laughs> I can't believe that. 69th New Year's Eve. And, uh, I, you know, and we've, we've, you know, put things together for a new year. It's, you know... How much has changed in the last year? You know, 
How many things have changed in our life in the last 10 years? You know, think about it. Uh, you know, how many things have changed? Where we've come from? You were in California a long time ago. Yeah. Came here and I baptized Jackson. Yeah, I dedicated Jackson right here. And um, your family was here and all that. And I was just, when I was thinking of this, I don't know why I thought of you. <laughs> Maybe it's your mom. <laughs> it's not you, it's your mom, you know. <laughs> no. What's that? Yeah. Yeah. Not really. But anyhow, uh, but, you know, all the changes and all the places we've been, all the things that have happened, all the, you see, God has, in the unplanned and the planned, God has had a way of bringing it into something that's really good. You know, Terry and Judy, how, how many, you know, how long ago has it been? You don't need to tell me, but, uh, yeah, 10 or 11 years. Longer than that? Well, anyhow, you've, you've been a big addition, you know, a great addition. And holding down the left-hand corner over here, we have. <laughs> but, you know, the, the, the new addition. And Jan, you know, Jan's been with me forever. <laughs> you know, because she was little. <laughs> and, of course, you know, you go through everyone and how that... You've been a part, and you see how things have changed, you know? I think Kira came up on a photo of her in being a baby and Mama holding her. We had her on a picture of her on a phone <laughs> as a memory. You were a baby once, you know, you know, little thing. <laughs> so when you start thinking about how many things have changed, how many events that have transpired and how far God has brought to us now, the new year is stretching out in front of us. What opportunities are going to be there for us? And how many of those things we may mistakenly say are not good things? We mistakenly will think, oh my gosh, this is, this is a bad thing. And in reality, it is the hand of God moving in our lives in a way that will change us for the rest of our lives. And we're thinking it's a bad thing, and God is saying, no, this is a good thing. <laughs> so there are new experiences. There are new adventures. Um, David Michael was here, and um, he was talking about uh, he and Johnny, John, you know, Johnny, Jonathan, uh, went out on a, um, an adventure <laughs> hiking in the Sierras for four or five days. You know, They had backpacks, and they were way up in the mountains, and hiking and camping and, you know, all that stuff. And I said, did you take a gun? <laughs> you know me, I'm always bears, you know. He, no, we didn't take a gun. You know, okay, you know. Then me, I'd had two guns on each hip and one over my shoulder. And, you know, I've been ready for those bears. But, uh, but we see how there are new adventures, and we don't know where those new adventures are coming you know, you're making plans. We make plans for vacations. We make plans. We're making plans to go to Disney World in February. I thought I'd tell you. Uh, but but um, you're going to speak. Uh, remember, are you going anywhere? My, you write that down. Yeah, We're only be gone one Sunday. <laughs> okay. Hopefully. Yeah. Madeline is cheering in, at Disney World, and she'll be on for at least two minutes. 
you know, and I'm going to sit there for hours on end waiting to see, you know, Madeline cheer and what's that? Oh, no, you don't fall asleep there. Oh, my gosh. Watch it on ESPN if you want. You'll see the old man in the back. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, the big, yeah, behind her. But the, you know, so there's that adventure, you know, we're going to go down and see her uh, cheer. They placed, and so there's camp competition from all over the country coming. But there's new experiences and new adventures. Some of them we plan for, and some of them we don't. <laughs> some of them are things we organize, and some of them are just things that happen. There are new friends. There are new friends you haven't met yet. There are places that you can go that you haven't been. And to see the new year goes in front of us, and all that newness brings about opportunities. Opportunities for us to expand who we are, to develop who we are as a person, to add to the quality of our life, to be blessed. You know, these two up and got married. <laughs> <laughs> this past year. And that's a good thing. You know, so we don't, you know, last year you were making plans. And the year before you were making plans, you know? So we have these plans that we make, and it's nice to, they came to pass. And, you know, they are, <laughs> they are things we plan for, and there are things that we don't plan for. So it's always nice to plan for. Now, I forget the statistic, but the statistic is the things we plan for, I think 80, 90% of the things we plan for happen. If we put them out there, such as having a wedding, <laughs> we put them out there, we are planning for a vacation or we're planning this, and you, know, you put them in writing and we're going to be away on a certain date, we're going to go do this, we got this out there, 80% of those things will happen. Now, there are those, and I, this, I remember this illustration. I used it years ago. The guy wrote his expectations for the year, and he was a, everything was wrong. He had one foot in the grave every day. Well, he said in his plans for the next year, I think this next year I'll probably die. You know, and he wrote it down. They all sealed it. You know, they sealed it, and they put it in the container. It was in church. They put it in the container, and they were going to read it the next, next year, next New Year's Eve service. And everybody was reading theirs, and of course this guy was in there, and he opened up and says, I suspect I'll probably die this coming year. <laughs> okay? Uh, and he was right. So we don't need to plan to die, we need to plan to live. Okay? There was this story about uh, um, this, this uh, guy who was, he worked in a rail yard. And uh, this is supposedly a true story, I didn't read it in the newspaper, I, I heard another preacher tell it, you know, so you can, if you can believe a preacher when he talks. What's that? Oh. <laughs> so this guy, he's, he works in a rail yard, and they were all getting off early on a Friday afternoon because it was the boss's birthday or anniversary, and the boss had invited everybody over to their, to their home. Well, this guy gets locked in a freezer car, you know, a railroad car that's a freezer car. And so here he is in this freezer car, and he's, you know, 
getting colder and he finds some something cardboard or whatever and he had a pencil or pen in his paper in his wallet and he's uh, in his pocket and he's writing down you know his last hours of life and he's talking about how chilled he is and how cold he's getting and how that he knows he'll never survive this whole thing and you know how that you know his life is over and I'm so cold and I'm going to die and sure enough whenever they came back on Monday morning they opened up the railroad car and there he was uh, frozen to death they took him to the hospital and they said yeah yeah he, he he froze to death but the trouble was the the reason the freezer car was in the rail yard was the freezer was broke. The coldest it was that whole weekend was 50 degrees. The man froze to death in a 50-degree car because he knew he was in a freezer car and he was going to die. You see, our mind... (laughs) Our mind and our spirit and what we plan on have a unique way of making themselves happen. You know, if we, you know, we we talk about things and we talk about the good things or the accomplishments and the things we are expecting. You know, people don't expect what you expect. Sometimes when we share our ideas, people kind of, yeah, right, David. (laughs) You know, but that's not their dream. It's mine. And you see, people have a way of kind of stepping on your dreams because they don't see how it could happen. But what God puts in your heart is your dream. What God puts in your heart is what he wants to do in your life. And so whenever we're talking about the new year and uh, God opening doors and closing doors, about how that God is going to supply all of your needs according to his riches and glory, we find that God is able to do the impossible and our faith is that God will speak to our hearts and to our minds. And then we're not going to hear a voice. David. <laughs> you know, yes, yes, Lord. <laughs> you know, stand up. <laughs> you know, okay. But uh, <laughs> we, when we, we don't hear a voice, we have a dream. A dream of our heart, a dream of our our mind, we have a dream. You know, Martin Luther King, his I have a dream speech. I'm sure he never thought that that would be one of the most infamous speeches of all time, going down with Abraham Lincoln's Gettysburg Address. (laughs) You know, we have these things that we don't think of them as very important at the moment. It's just another day. It's just another speech. It's just another Sunday morning. But you see, it's not just another Sunday morning. It's a very special Sunday morning because it's a beginning of a new year Sunday. (laughs) You know, we spoke about it in Sunday school that you mark the day that God changes things. You mark it. And, you know, we were doing Haggai in the Sunday school lesson. Haggai, you know, the people were planting, but reap, you know, had no, no harvest. They were earning wages, but their wages they put in a bag with holes. You know, it was one of those things you just couldn't get ahead. And, and the, the day that they, the, the prophet says, the day that you changed your mind and decided to 
build the temple and, and build and to do what was right before God. Mark that day because that's the day everything changes. <laughs> and you see, when we give things to God, it's not just giving him first place. He's the center of every place. He's at the heart of everything we do, of every dream we have, of every opportunity that is before us. That we have a, a new expectation that we're going to throw out some of the old stuff. And the old stuff can be <laughs> thoughts. I wrote this down about the, uh, uh, the fruits of the Spirit. You know, we, we want to receive love this year. So what do we have to get rid of? Bitterness. Don't be bitter with yourself or with people or events, with relatives, <laughs> family members. Don't be bitter. Let it go. Forgive them and let it go. Receive joy. What do you have to get rid of? Anger. <laughs> Anger is they hurt me. Pain, anger, pain, and fear are a tripod that always travel together. And whenever we have one, we have the other. So if you have anger, you have pain, you have hurt, and you have fear, fear that things aren't going to let work out. So you see, if you want to receive peace, get rid of being anxious. Do not be anxious for anything. But in everything, give thanks to God, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Do not be anxious. Receive patience. <laughs> Patience, get rid of worry. Worry. Oh my. My mom would always call and she'd say, uh, is there something I should worry about? <laughs> is there something I should be worrying about, you know? I don't have anything to worry about. I said, mom, you don't have to worry. And she'd know I, she really needed to then when I told her I don't have anything to worry about because then she knows something was really wrong and I wouldn't tell her what it was and she was worrying about that. <laughs> uh, receive long-suffering. Well, long-suffering is selflessness. You know, throw out complaining. Long-suffering is selfless. That we're not, we're not there to serve us, we're there to serve others. So don't complain about other people. Don't complain about the situation. Receive gentleness. Throw out bullying. Pushing our way through. Receive goodness. Throw out greed. Refu receive faith. Throw out giving up. Receive meekness. Compassion. Throw out Scroogeism. I made that up. You could tell. I'm quite proud of that. Scroogeism, bah humbug. So receive meekness is that it, you are not allowing the well. The orphans have homes for them. The poor, you know, Scrooge, you know, his little line of how bad things are, and he didn't need to help. Uh, receive temperance, which is self-restraint. Throw out being a critic. So you see. There is all of these things that we are to get rid of for the new year. And in our scripture text that we have today, it is Isaiah, um, it's Isaiah 40, excuse me, Isaiah 43. And Isaiah is making this declaration, okay? Now throw out the stuff. 
Thus saith the Lord, verse 16 of Isaiah 43, who makes a way in the sea, a path in the mighty waters. So, okay, now what he is calling us to do is to remember. Remember, and he's telling the children of Israel, remember when God brought you out of Egypt, okay? God brought you out of Egypt. He opened the Red Sea and crushed the, um, the Egyptian army. Who brings forth chariot and horses, armies and warriors. And they lie down and they cannot rise. <laughs> so the children, and I was often, often wondered, you, you think about the Egyptian army following the children of Israel leaving Egypt. Well, what happened was the Egyptians found out that they needed slaves. They couldn't function without slaves. So the greed of having let go of everybody who was taking care of them got to the point where they were going to go get them and bring them back, and that's where God you know, put an end to them in the, in the, uh, in the, in the sea. Remember the former things, nor remember not the former things, and consider the things of old. Okay? Now, oh, I, I, I missed a very important part. Back up one verse. Who brings forth the chariot and horses and army and warriors. They lie down, they cannot rise. They are extinguished and quenched like a wick. Illustration time. Okay. I know I don't have much time, but the children, the children of Israel are fleeing from the most powerful army in the world. Okay? They are crossing the Red Sea where water is piled up on both sides. And it says that the, the greatest army in the world will be extinguished like a wick. There's the wick. There's the light. I used a communion cup because the blood of Christ extinguishes <laughs> extinguishes the light the, 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 like a wick evil and so whenever we think that we have reached the end of our rope when we think that the army is too great and, and, and Isaiah is reminding the children of Israel that God extinguished the Egyptians, the greatest army of the, of, of the time and the world at that time, he extinguished them like a wick. <laughs> so in our lives, we do not need to fear tomorrow. We allow the fruit of God's Spirit to abide within our heart. We are changing what, how we see things. Okay? How we see things. Now, I know that from where you sit, <laughs> there's a door there, and there's a door there. There's four doors in front of you. <laughs> and guess what? None of those doors lead out. But from where I sit, there are three doors. And every one of them is a way out. And here we are sitting in the same place, but seeing something different. Just our perspective. And God is telling us that we are to look where we are at and see life from his perspective. 
And verse uh, 18 says, remember not the former things. Get a perspective on life. Nor consider the things of old. Don't live in the past of your failures. He just reminded them of delivering them from the Red Sea and from the Egyptians, but he's telling them, don't remember all the failures of your past. Verse 10. Behold, I am doing a new thing. This is the verse for our life and for the new year. Behold, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs forth. This new thing has begun. Mark the day. Mark the time. Put it on the calendar. Mark it in your mind and in your heart and remember it. This is the day I made a decision that God is going to do new things in my life. New opportunities are coming. New doors are going to open. I'm going to see things differently because from God's perspective, it all looks pretty good. (laughs) It looks good from where God sits. And he says, it springs forth, it's begun. Do you not perceive it? Do you not see it? That's the challenge. Do we not see what God is doing? See, we get focused on the stock market. Boy, it's really gone up and down, up and down. The political arena, it's still an arena. <laughs> you know, where is the truth? In all? There's, the truth only, there's truth in God's word. Truth in God's perspective. Truth in God's love for us. The people whom I formed, this is verse 21, the people whom I formed for myself that they might declare my praise. You and I are the people that God has called for himself. Scripture says, you have not chosen me, I chose you, that you could go forth, bring forth fruit, and that your fruit would remain. That there's good things that God wants to bring forth in your life. There are good opportunities, great opportunities that God wants to do. And then, verse 26, I, I am he who blots out your transgressions, your sins, for my own sake, and I will not remember your sins, I will not think of them again. Now, we are the only ones, you and I are the only, we can do something God can't do. We can remember our sin. God says, I don't remember that. Well, you remember God when this happened? God says, no, I don't remember that because it's forgiven. <laughs> and the, the part that I like of this, of this verse, one that really caught my attention, and this is the second verse you, we need to emphasize for our new year. I, I am he who blots out your transgressions for my own sake. For my own sake. I have it here. The 23rd Psalm, verse 3 says, He restores my soul. He guides me in the path of righteousness for his name's sake. For God's sake, he took away your sin. God wanted us to know he is God. The, in the 23rd Psalm, he restores my soul, and, he, and, and, and uh, I'll make sure I read it right. He restores my soul. He guides me in the path of righteousness for his name's sake. 
He restores my soul. This is the, this is the is, you know, in the day in the life of a sheep, the sermon the text that I have there, that he restores my soul. It's like a forced march. He, he orders the sheep, get out of the sun. <laughs> because it's noontime and 110 degrees in the desert and in the heat of that area will kill the sheep. So a shepherd worthy of his name being a shepherd will make sure that his sheep do not die. He will force them, he will march them out of the heat to find shelter for his name's sake. Being a shepherd, worthy of his name, he will take care of his sheep. (laughs) Being a God who loves us more than we could ever know, for his own name, for his own namesake, God, he will take care of us. So it isn't just me, you know, God loves me because I'm somebody special. God loves his creation, you and I, because we have given our life to him and we are his and he will provide for us. He will open doors for us. He will make things as they should be. And so everything will line up, not because of the stars, but because of God's love for us for his own sake. (laughs) Not just for yours, for God's sake. (laughs) He will make it work because he is God and he will cause it to happen. You can't open the Red Sea God opened it for the people to get out. You can't take care of the armies of Egypt. God will take care of them for you. We don't know how things are going to work out, but we're going to walk through the dry land even though things are going bad on both sides. But the enemy that is trying to destroy us, you will see no more. (laughs) God will take care of them for his name's sake. Let's stand. So get rid of the stuff, the stuff that doesn't have a place in our life anymore. The things that don't have a place for us. Get rid of them. Recycle them. Give them to someone else. Plant them as seed in the lives of other people who are in need. And in our attitudes and actions and bitterness and whatever, get rid of those things (laughs) that we might be open to what God wants to do the new thing. Father, we thank you that you have heard our prayers, the longings of our heart. God, to bring good out of that which seemingly we thought to be wrong, you knew it to be right. And God, you have brought good into our lives and we are grateful. We thank you for it. We ask, Lord, that you open our hearts and our minds that we might see things as you do. That this new year, this new season, this new lease on our life is yet before us. And we live in hope, knowing, Lord, that you will take care of us. Because it's for your name's sake, we are here. Amen? God bless you.